welcome to Social Club, and I'm here today with Annalie Gascoigne, and um, that was a great Social Club session, Annalie, and uh, th th thank you, thank you for coming. Um, we were talking today uh, about your um, your your specialist subject, which is about getting comfortable uh, with discomfort in our organisations. You know, I suppose I ask a really, really obvious question. What's to be said for discomfort in organisations? Why, why is it potentially a force for good, do you think, Annie? Well, thank you. I think that's a great question to kick us off. And I think it helps prompt me for some clarity as well. So something I think is important to, to think about is less about discomfort being good or bad, but much more about its inevitability. So really what I want us to try and explore is our ability to be willing and open to acknowledging discomfort, problems, challenges, complexity, feelings, yeah, yeah. rather than what is our more typical approach, which is avoidance or trying to control everything, which yeah. can quite often distract yeah. us from actually doing the stuff that matters. Yeah, suppression as well. We, we, we tend to want to kind of, if someone comes with, with in discomfort, you, you want to, you know, you want to, you know, you want to do something that makes people feel better as well to get rid of the cup discomfort. But that's actually not what we're saying we should necessarily do. Yeah, I think that's that's such an interesting point. It just made me think of an organisation that I worked with. They're such a lovely, caring organisation. They care about having such a positive environment for their employees. Yes. And I want to say that's great. And yeah. at the same time, what we were starting to notice was just how much uh, discomfort was being suppressed so people were noticing problems and yes. didn't feel able to speak up about them because no no this is a happy atmosphere we can't have right. problems yes. and some people were really you know they're such a caring organization caring about people who they were serving yeah. often who yeah. are uh, yeah. towards end of life and yes. that inevitably means that there's sadness and even grief amongst the employees so yes. trying desperately to keep that positivity wasn't really acknowledging the the, the natural and uh, uh sense of service that in in uh, that, that comes and uh yeah that, that's our emotions yeah that yeah, that yeah. So, so so it's it's uh so, and and i suppose you know I, I'm yeah. I'm a CEO of an organisation, and I'm uh, and I'm 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 basically um, you know we're a growing organisation. Things are going well. Things things are things on the face of it are are fantastic. You know we're doing interesting work. We're making a difference. What what might I be missing um, when I'm you know when I'm looking at my organisation that 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 I might need to understand more in in the view of because you know, you're basically a an organizational psychologist um who understands a lot about people and about organizations you know even on a in in, in an organization doing well what 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 might i be missing then as this uh, this successful chief exec person you know who's mm. feeling feeling good about what they're doing well first of all feeling good about things 
great as well. So let's yeah. not uh, try to get rid of good feelings too. Um, so there might be an opportunity there to recognize through celebrating and, and rewarding kind of the, the acknowledgement of what has been mm-hmm. done to achieve it. Mm-hmm. So even in doing that, there's a, it's not just celebrating something uh, totally ephemeral out there, but what is it that has been done to achieve it? So it's really about getting, getting comfortable with noticing what's going on, what works and what might be getting in the way. And so there might be a few things that we're looking at here. First of all, thinking about the outcome. So how do you know what the signs are that you are doing what matters, that that you are pursuing your purpose? So not necessarily just goals. So you might have a growth target or something like that, but sometimes they're quite arbitrary growth growth to what ends what's the purpose of that growth so how can you stay connected with that purpose how do you know the signs that you are being connected or are being disconnected and that goes to you as ceo but also how do your employees notice those things how are they empowered to notice those things what voices are you listening to? What perspectives are you hearing and which are being overlooked? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so as, as, as the successful or, or seemingly successful leader, I might be missing, um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I might be, I might be alone in my perceptions of success. Potentially I might not be particularly attuned to what others are seeing um, and so on. In your presentation, Annie, you, you talked about this notion of, of, of West, you know, which is the, mm. as in yeah, East, West. And, and West was in your presentation all about, you know, where we're, you know, broadly what we're, what we're trying to head towards. Um, mm. But you, you, you didn't, you expressed West not, not as a series of linear goals, but as something a bit beyond that. And, and, and the, you, this, this idea of, of West, as you put it, being, having a particular role in an organization's life could you just bring to life what what you meant by by west and 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 how that isn't just about you know a series of organizational objectives well, you know what was what's going on in that uh, in the, what was going on in that particular part of your um, presentation yeah so I was I was really just using an arbitrary compass setting so it yes. could be east could west be north. or anything could be true could, north yeah it, it could the the reason I don't use north is because there's a place which is north and really what I'm trying to get across with this metaphor of west is using west as the organization's purpose so it's not something that we ever achieve so when we're heading on our compass setting in that westerly direction it's not a place that we land and we tick off and go Mm. okay we've done it now yes it's much more about the direction that's guiding us and And what that helps to do, I think, is to try and bring it back into the moment as well. Because, yes, we can picture some great big West, uh, you know, whatever, New York, L.A., you know, there's huge West, uh, big picture stuff. But those are goals that are on my Westerly setting. But at any given moment, right now, right here, wherever I am, even if I'm feeling off track, I can pick up my compass and go, Mm. am I showing up? right now in a way that aligns 
Yes. So I think this is quite a, a nice core cool way of trying to bring big picture stuff back into the now, trying to help yes. each yes. of our employees, wherever they are at, see that they have an opportunity to align with the organisation's West. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise, sort of, West can just seem like so, yeah, a, 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 some distant goal uh, that's 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 very predefined. Whereas actually, we're talking about um, our, our movement through time and space being West, and and, that, and we're we're either moving in it in that direction or or, or we're not. But but it, it can anybody in the organisation is is in movement, aren't they? And yeah, I can see that. That's uh, that's uh, that's really uh, illuminating and. I, I guess um, you know when we when we you know when we talk about when we're in this this age of anxiety and mental health and awareness and companies you know um, you know companies and, and organisations are trying desperately to make people feel more comfortable at work and and take away the stresses and and create sort of healthy healthy safe workplaces you know you, know, you can't get away from this stuff you know it's it's everywhere um, yeah. and. The message of well, you know, adding discomfort, um, you know, actually, you know, be getting, you know, getting to a place where people are not necessarily um, in their in you know in 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 a state of of of, of relaxation in in work, we can feel somehow that by doing that we might be increasing people's load rather than easing it, you know, and I, so you know in the face of all of this kind of noise around you know care and safety and and uh, and and everything you know to do with work and and mental health at work uh, how do how do we sort of you know how do, how do how do we where does discomfort fit in all this because it we're being kind of told to try and get rid of it a bit you know that's what that's the, that's the messaging that we often get as leaders so what what where do you where do you sit on all of that I think it's a great question. And actually, it sort of taps into the motivation for me going down the, the route of organisational behaviour and organisational psychology. I, I really wanted to help out with this. Um, something I really noticed was, you know, we, we do a lot of resilience training with employees and then we send them back into a dysfunctional organisation and expect them to cope without changing the organisation. And so really what I wanted to do was to address the organizations too. And so I, I really understand the motivation for your question. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, this isn't about a message to increase the load, rather that acknowledging that if the load is too much for effectiveness and well-being in this context at this moment, then what are we doing to help employees to speak up? What are we doing to encourage our managers, our, all of us, to listen to each other so that together we're more enabled to find opportunities, even given those constraints? Because if that workload is there, the implication is it needs needs to be done oh, um oh, and so yeah. what 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 how together are we going to get that work done yes so if it's if it's impacting this individual who is this workload is too much for them what are we doing as an organization to help them but also what are they doing to speak up and that requires this acknowledgement oh, sorry this acknowledgement this willingness and openness to go okay, we have a challenge here. We've got more work than this person is 
able to deal with right now? What what needs adjustment? What what how can we still do what matters even with all of this? Yes, yes. So, so I, I see. So it, it's not yeah. It's not it's not about sort of inserting discomfort as, as as you put it, but having having a having the necessary <clears throat> dialogue um, that, um, that 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 allows you know um, different views to be expressed you know yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a safe and sensible fashion yeah yeah absolutely I mean one of the things that we know really helps people with their own well-being in the workplace is a sense of autonomy and control over how they go about their work and that's that's great but also we need to figure out how that really fits within an organization because we don't necessarily in all situations want to give somebody all the autonomy in the world there are constraints around that and so what what is what are the opportunities within those constraints and we can also recognize that as a manager that's going to feel quite uncomfortable giving the employee maybe they're new maybe they're quite junior they haven't experienced a lot before so a manager giving autonomy and control to this person the manager's likely to feel uncomfortable and acknowledging that's important too yes otherwise the manager's likely to avoid that or end up micromanaging the employee yes which is uh which is is definitely sort of ineffective and uh a recipe for long-term unhappiness as well normally yeah. and and yeah. you, you've worked with a lot of different organizations I know and in the voluntary sector private sector and, and other I suppose what, what 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 things do you sort of notice most when you're in your in your you know when you're new, certainly new into these organizations what what are the things that you come across most commonly and what do you find yourself helping them with the most frequently mm. perhaps yeah, I think it, it's it's different in different organisations yeah. uh, about where their niggles are. What is it that they haven't been noticing? And yes. what is it that they are well attuned to noticing? So I think particularly in the third sector, mm. uh, I see a lot of connection with purpose. And that's a wonderful thing that we see people really having a, a reason and motivation to come to work. So they've got the organizational compass setting sorted. Yes. Yes. But sometimes what's missed is individuals checking in with their own compass settings. And there's a a sort of sense that that can lead to burnout. People are throwing all of their energy and effort at the organisation and not noticing the rest of their world, their their family, their health, and and things that are also important for them and the effectiveness of the organisation. Because uh, you know, if they if they they aren't looking yes. up and noticing what's around, that can be challenging. So I think that's something that's quite interesting uh, that uh, happens, particularly in the third sector. Yes. But I think all organisations, this idea around openness to discomfort is challenging. Yes. I think we see, we, we see it talked about, uh, you know, the, there's a lot around psychological safety, which I, I think of as quite a similar idea in a way to being yes. open to discomfort. 
yes. I think both of them have their risks in the way that we translate them from academia into the workplace. So my worry around psychological safety is that it ends up being translated as a need to make everything so safe and comfortable for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. And yet uh, we know that when we do things that matter, we're more likely to feel uncomfortable. So if we're encouraging people to really get out there and do the things that they care about and the organization cares about, it's inevitable there's going to be discomfort. So yeah, it's yeah. it's not serving the organization to build in so much safety. But then I come in and talk about discomfort and it sounds like, come on, let's make everybody feel uncomfortable. So it's there's something really challenging here about uh, the yeah. translation yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, I, I, I sometimes think creativity is, you know, if, if you want people to be creative, you know, there's lots of there's lots of research, but there's certainly a lot of people that think that creativity arises out of, you know, you, you know, it's not comfortable writing books, it's not comfortable um, making records, it's not comfortable coming up with ideas because you spend a long time bashing your head against something before it comes right you know it's just you know things think you know you don't it's very it's very rare that you know I was listening to Paul McCartney the day so you know he woke up one day and you know yesterday was uh, you know playing in his head and he wrote it down and he you know it was there but normally you know the process of writing songs or coming up with ideas is, is in, inherently painful difficult very uncomfortable you know very 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 you know very very hard and we, you know, if we want people to be creative, <laughs> sometimes we've got to, we're, or, or, or innovative, we've got to say, well, this, this might hurt, you know, um, and, uh, and that's, and that's, then that's okay. <laughs> and, and, and what can we do? So if, if we think that uh, there are, there are going to be those challenges, that those things that make us feel uncomfortable, what is it that we can do that is within our, within our control so that might be about seeking support from others mm. just a, a hug at the end of the day or a, a pat on the back or whatever that might be I think mm. we underestimate the, the 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 power of human connection uh in in helping us just being heard uh, yes people listening to us expressing our half-formed thoughts or our uncomfortable feelings or our potentially you know imperfect behaviors outcomes oh listen to this music that I've created is it any good like there's so much discomfort around that isn't there yeah yeah and yet if we have others who are willing to witness that and with, with perhaps not so much judgment um, or a little bit of generosity, compassion around it, that that discomfort is, is being, I don't know, mm, there's a phrase, richly rewarding vulnerability that I love that's so key in building trust that, yes. that if we are able to express that vulnerability, get that stuff out there, even though it's feeling uncomfortable, Yes. And we're rewarded by being heard and seen that uh, that that can really build that connection, that trust, that empowerment for for greater creativity. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I see a sort of final sort of point in question really was going to be about you know there's there's a you know I spend a lot of my time you know on the phone to directors or chief execs in in organisations that are uh, either un- unhappy or unhealthy and causing people to be. Uh, to be sort of um, 
you know unproductive and and and, and they're dissatisfied in their in mm. their in their work and and it's and it's it's kind of it, i suppose i hear about that probably more often than i hear about organizations that are really magical and really um pushing people to to new heights of fulfillment um i i, I suppose the question arising out of that would be so if you want to be one of the organizations that are that's that's successful in eliciting the best from people and mm-hmm. and, and, and enabling people to be their uh, their their best their best self or whatever the term is um yeah. what's what what's what's the what's the first step do you think you know for 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 for, for organizations more, you know determined to go into that better direction yeah so for me checking in with what is it that matters and what does that look like when the organization is doing stuff that matters mm. and what is it that's getting in the way of that so really being willing to acknowledge that internal stuff what is it that's getting in the way mm. and so that's that's the internal stuff within the organization or the internal stuff within us as individuals mm. what is it that's getting in the way and, and and what does that look like so that we can continue to catch it um because we 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 sometimes think that we're doing stuff that aligns with our behavior with 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 our purpose but actually yes. we're just doing stuff to in survival mode to get through mm-hmm. and we and it makes sense in the short term it yes. absolutely makes sense in the short term we we get a sense of relief mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. not launching that new product or service we get a sense of relief by not giving that big presentation um but actually it might be that that's quite far from what matters over the long term we, we get out of practice of doing presentations and they become even more scary and we put greater expectations on ourselves i'm supposed to be good at this by now or the organization with its product or service launch that the teams aren't experienced with launching them anymore and so it becomes even harder when it's a big and important shift that the market needs to do that kind of example so really being able to see what is it that we're doing that's getting in the way of actually what our behaviors look like for what matters thanks so much for coming to social club um sharing with our members and um and and it's been lovely to do this podcast with you as well and uh, and if anyone wants to contact you how do they do it um, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. So I'm Annalie Gascoigne on LinkedIn. Um, there is an Annie Gascoigne as well, but she's ah. a chief economist at BBC. So um, <laughs> not her. I'm, I'm uh, Annalie Gascoigne Annalie on Gascoigne. LinkedIn. Um, I also uh, have a, a website in progress. So I have the discomfort of saying this. There's a place to go in the meantime, but it's a, it's a clunky place, um, which is orgflex.org blogspot.com so you can find videos there and uh, training things that I'm running um, and you can look out for the new website coming soon (laughs) so uh, it's uh, orgflex.blogspot blogspot.com is the all yes. uh, is your temporary home on the uh, on the on the, on the web and, and th- thanks so much again and uh, and we'll uh, we'll bring things to a close thank you very much Annie Gascoigne wonderful thanks so much Kerry.